Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Yeah. We just gotta go hard. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the podcast. We're going to break down the schedule. Uh, We're going to go game by game. We're going to categorize each game and tell you if it's a must-win game for Purdue, a toss-up type victory or toss-up type game. Or if it's a game that's kind of a long shot for the Boilermakers to win, we're going to get into all of that here on this edition of the podcast. Before we get too much further, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on the YouTube channel. All you have to do is just go to youtube.com slash behind the rails. And you can check out the new screen behind me that has a rotating uh, picture, a little slideshow of what the show's topic is that particular day, uh, some graphics, uh, has the schedule on there, which we're going to be talking about today. So if you want to follow along as that scrolls past on the screen as well, there's some uh, social media accounts, uh, what you can find on social media. Uh, That's where you can see those accounts on the screen as well. You can also find those in the description if you'd like to follow me on X, Instagram, or on TikTok to get snippets, Purdue commentary outside of the podcast, and go ahead and follow as well on those social media platforms. So this episode of the podcast is going to be dedicated to the schedule and going game by game uh, before we get into week one. Uh, We are recording this in the week of week zero, so there will be college football this weekend. Purdue waiting one more week before their season gets underway against Fresno State in uh, newly renovated Ross-Aid Stadium. And if you've seen any of the pictures that have come out on social media, stadium's shaping up to be looking pretty good come next weekend. So it should be an exciting um, environment. Uh, it should be have a little bit more juice in the stadium, um, not any more than you would have on a typical season opener, but it should be, I think, an exciting game as well against the Bulldogs of Fresno State. So let's uh, let's get into the schedule. As I mentioned at the top, we are going to be breaking down these games uh, in, into some categories, uh, some toss-up games, some must-win games, Purdue uh, games that Purdue absolutely has to have and uh, should win those must-win games. Um, and then the long-shot games, you know, the games that Purdue is going to be severe underdogs in and it's going to take an upset-minded team on a particular Saturday or a team that, you know, is going to come into West Lafayette or be at home and kind of thinking that they're not going to take 
Purdue very seriously. So those are the games, uh, those are the categories, excuse me, and uh, these are the games on the 2023 schedule. Let's start off week one against Fresno State. Jeff Tedford, the head coach of Fresno State, his second time around in the Central Valley of California. Uh, Over the last 20 seasons, Fresno State has had seven road wins over Power 5 schools. And that seems like it's maybe not a lot, but, you know, it's something to pay attention to. I think Fresno State takes on two Power 5 teams in the non-conference this season, Purdue being one of them. Fresno State is known for a team that is being a prolific offense, especially under Jeff Tedford. Uh, If you know him um, when he had uh, those Cal teams, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers when he was the quarterback way back when. So Jeff Tedford teams are known for being high scoring, uh, good passing offenses. And frankly, that's a weakness that Purdue has had these last few seasons and is going to be a question mark going into the 2023 season. And those new corners that we talked about on the defense preview last time, here on the podcast, those guys are going to be tested right away, uh, first week. Um, I don't know who Fresno State's quarterback is going to be, uh, but it stands to mean that this offense is still going to be, I think, at least attempting to be high-flying, throwing the ball around uh, just because Jeff Tedford is the coach and that's the type of offense that he likes to run. they also had one of the past best pass defenses in the uh, country last season. Now, the Mountain West isn't known for being a lot of high-flying, uh, prolific passing offenses, not a lot of great quarterbacks in that conference the past year or so, but it still should stand to reason that this defense could slow down the passing offense of Purdue if it's on its A game that day and when you're trying to break in some new receivers a uh, new quarterback, it, it could be a good test. So that's why I don't think this is a easy season opener for Purdue. We're going to dive more into that matchup next week, next Thursday, a week from today, on our Week 1 preview podcast. I think that this is going to be a good test for Purdue in a lot of areas. It could be a little bit of a mismatch uh, in certain areas, but I think it's it's going to be a good test for where Purdue is going to go this season and I put this game in as a must win if you don't win this game it's sets kind of the tone for how this season is going to be then every game after this one that's you know either a toss-up game or a must-win game just adds a little bit more pressure to uh to the season especially if this team wants to become bull eligible which I think it's going to be you know teetering on that kind of all season long is it going to be a team that is uh is going to be a five-win team or a seven-win team or is it going to be fighting in that last week in week 13 against indiana to get that sixth win so i think that's where a lot of people think and i think where purdue ultimately uh will probably fall into that category this season but this game is a must win for for purdue uh moving on to week two Similar story, but I think maybe a easier opponent with Virginia Tech. Now, you might be thinking, well, how is how in the world is Virginia Tech a Power 5 team playing in a Power 5 conference like the ACC an easier opponent 
than than Fresno State. Well, Virginia Tech wasn't very good last year, and they have a lot of question marks coming into the second season under Brett Pye. Brent Pry. So they were one of the worst offenses last year, and it might be improved, but I don't think it's going to be a significantly um, significant improvement from year one to year two under Brent Pry. Grant Wells was the starting quarterback last year. He might be the starting quarterback this year. I think we'll obviously know when week two rolls around and Purdue goes on the road into Blacksburg. It's a tough environment. It's probably more tough when it's a night game, and this game is going to be played, I believe, at noon. So not as tough when you hear Enter Sandman during the, the, the sunshine that is going to be beaming down in Virginia that day. So I think it's not as difficult an environment, and we'll see. If, if West Virginia comes out and lays an egg against Old Dominion, what type of crowd is really going to be in that type of game? Because it feels like that the situation under – Brett Pry could be very difficult right away. And uh, he might already be kind of trending in the direction of his seat, his hot seat getting a little warmer. So this is a game that Purdue should win. Uh, the defense was pretty average last season. They have some holdovers coming over from last year's team. I, I know they tried to, to boost up um, the transfer portal, but I think it's going to take a lot for this team to significantly improve from its three wins last season. Let's move on to uh, another must win for Purdue. I think what you're going to find here is that these first three games for Purdue are all must win. If Purdue wants to become a team that easily gets to bowl eligibility, they need to win these first three games. They need to be 3-0 and after three weeks. And what's interesting about this stretch is that Purdue could be one and two. They could be two and one, or they could be three and zero. Oh. I don't see them losing all three games, but it's it's a chance. I would say maybe a five percent chance, but I think it's more than likely that they go two and one or three and zero. Oh. If you're a Purdue fan that hopes to see your team playing in December, you want them to win all three games because the conference is it's much more difficult, especially on the west side of the division this year and you're playing Ohio State and Michigan in the same season, it's going to be difficult. You need to win these three games to at least have a very good chance at become bowl eligible. Syracuse, week three. If you remember this game, I do, and it was crazy. It was wild in the last few minutes, teams going down the field very quickly and scoring and going back the other way. It was just wildness. And then you had the one memeable moment of this game when it cuts to the the woman in the crowd and she drops an F-bomb. You don't hear it, obviously, but you see her mouth the, the F-word. And it's that's kind of how this game kind of wrapped up during the 2022 season during week three. And that's the same way that this game could go this time around. I think there's a lot of variance with this Syracuse team coming into this year. They have um, a, both their quarterback, their top receiving target, um, Aronde Gadsden, the one, probably one of the top 15 or so tight ends in the country. Um, Garrett Schrader at quarterback was solid for them and uh, in, in provides a mobile threat. 
for for this Purdue defense to defend against. But there's new coordinators on both sides of the ball. And now, have they figured things out in the first couple of weeks? Maybe not, but maybe by week three they have some things figured out, some things that they can do, and it's going to be a new team, a new regime that this Syracuse team is going up against in uh, against Purdue this time around. So they had a pretty good defense on that side of the ball, and they bring in a defensive coordinator who was a previous head coach. Rocky Long was previously the San Diego State head coach. Um, he had some really good defenses for a, a number of years out there in San Diego. So I think that defense is going to probably improve and be a good test for this Purdue offense. So I think, though, on the other side of the ball is probably the biggest question mark because Syracuse has to replace a lot in the receiving core. I don't necessarily know that they're very strong at that side. And we'll see, you know, what uh, they bring as far as the run game because they lost a, a really good running back in Sean Tucker, I think, who had, you know, over 3,000 total yards in his career and was very productive. Um, one of the better backs in the ACC last year. So this is another must win that Purdue uh, should have. And I think if you win this game, it pro- propels you into the conference schedule, which starts off um, with a bang. Starts off week four, Friday night in West Lafayette. This is our first long shot game of the season. And I toyed with going with a toss up or a long shot just because we don't know what Wisconsin is going to be. I think we'll see a lot of what it wants to be in the first three weeks. But you bring in a new head coach, you bring in a new offensive coordinator, and you bring in a new transfer quarterback in Tanner Mordecai that loves to sling it around. Him being in Phil Longo's offense, who comes over from North Carolina, if you know anything about that offense with Drake May, they throw the ball all around the yard. And they still have Braylon Allen, one of the top running backs in in the conference and in the country. They're going to have a good offensive line. They're going to be really good on defense. Luke Fickle, the new head coach, defensive-minded head coach. So it, it just feels like even though both teams are starting over, it feels like Wisconsin is just starting over in in a little bit of a better place um, and with what they brought in um, and you have not as much that you are going to be replacing, you know, it feels like that Purdue just might be a, a step or a notch below Wisconsin at this point um, with new coaches um, and, and what they bring in and have brought into the transfer portal. It just feels like Wisconsin is going to be a, a pretty strong team, but I will say, out of the three long shots that I do have, I think this is the best chance for Purdue to get an upset. It's on a Friday night in West Lafayette. You're going to have, hopefully, a Purdue team that is off to a 3-0 and start and a Wisconsin team that's probably done the same. I think they have a, a, a matchup with, I believe, Washington State, and I think that's out on the Palouse, out in Pullman. So they could be 2-1, and one, and you never know. It gets crazy out there on the West Coast, especially – at Washington State, you never know what's going to happen. So, how does this team go from a really rocky season last year? They kind of tried to rally under Jim Leonard after Paul Chris was fired. So, I think it all comes down to can you slow down this offense? This is where it's it's going to be a really good test for the secondary. Uh, can the the defense slow down Braylon Allen and not allow, allow him to have 
these huge runs. Um, but I, I think this more than likely ends up being a loss for Purdue. If you if you you were to play this game out a hundred times, if you were to simulate it a hundred times, Purdue probably wins maybe twenty to twenty five times. Uh, with the way that I think that they can is is probably going to make try to turn this game into a shootout. And if you could turn this game into a shootout when you have two offenses that want to be high powered and throw the ball around, Wisconsin. Uh, maybe not as much as what Purdue wants to do because I think they still want to have that identity at Wisconsin of, of ground and pound, uh, but just make it look a little different than what it has in years past. So I think that there's a, a good chance that this game could be back and forth a little bit, but I still think Wisconsin probably takes over in the very end um, with that offensive line and, and the probably the better defense in this matchup. So it's it's a long shot, but I think this is the best chance for Purdue to get an upset and get an upset early. Maybe Wisconsin and all this new stuff hasn't figured things out quite yet, and you have a really good chance on a Friday night. It's, I think it's going to be a really fun environment and, and be a, a fun game. Next on the schedule, week five is uh, back in West Lafayette. And if, if you notice that these first um, – first, I think – before the bye, Purdue, I believe, has five home games. So it's a, it's a good situation to start the season that you have um, so many home games that will help out new coach, help out new quarterback, new defense. You know, I think a lot of things can be uh, positively affected being at home so many times uh, early on in the season and get you kind of in a rhythm uh, for the end of the season, which the season, uh, the, the schedule may be a little bit backloaded, uh, but still it feels like the games we've talked about so far have kind of been um, toss-ups or long shots or, or games that you need to win. Uh, so a lot of pressure here early on. Illinois game. Uh, Brett Bielma versus Ryan Walters for the first time. Head coach taking on his former defensive coordinator. You know what Illinois is going to want to do. They're going to try to run the ball down your throat. They might try to throw it a little bit more than they did last year with Luke Altmaier at the at the quarterback. He was just named the starter this past week. The defense for Illinois, I think, is still going to be very good. Be one of the better defenses in the Big Ten and maybe in the country. I think they might take a slight step back with a new defensive coordinator now that Ryan Walters is in West Lafayette. So the defense still should be very good. Secondary has a lot of key pieces in place. Um, or has to replace a lot of key pieces, excuse me, but they have a lot of uh, talent up front that is going to get after the quarterback. Um, Jazeer uh, Newton and uh, Keith Randolph Jr., one of the a, a tandem up front that most teams would dream to have. I think both, I know one of them was an All-American. I think one of them is rated the best defensive tackle, according to Pro Football Focus, coming into uh, the 2023 season. I think that was Newton who was uh, rated the best def- returning defensive tackle. So going to be, I think, a struggle. I think a, a game that's going to be low scoring, and I believe this game might have been low scoring last year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. This game I would consider a toss-up because it's. I feel like it's going to be low scoring. It could come down to whoever has the ball last, could come down to a late field goal. I think Purdue might have the advantage, you know, in the special teams area. So. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could be a very interesting game. It feels like a classic Big Ten West type game and a game that 
I, I, I'm really looking forward to because I think Illinois could be one of those sneaky teams that um, could be probably competing for the Big Ten West at the end of the season. Let's move on to week six. Another game that I believe is a toss-up game just because I don't know what Iowa's offense is going to look like. I don't think you know. I don't know if Brian Ferentz knows what the Purdue offense is going to look like. He has to hope it's better because if it's not, bye-bye. If if you don't know and you're not you know deep-diving uh, college football all during the offseason, Brian Ferentz has a clause in his contract that his offense has to score an average of 25 points per game during the regular season, or he's gone. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against this Purdue defense. This game is in Iowa City, a place that Purdue has won at recently. Last time they took a trip out there and they won. I do, however, think that this offense will be a little bit better. The defense is still going to be very good. Going to be another tough test, similar to the Illinois game. I think that, man, this is going to be another low-scoring first team to 24 type game wins it. So I, I actually think, and I'll have my predictions for the uh, schedule broken out, and I'll have it as a graphic uh, next week. I'm going to post it on social media. And if you'd like to comment or give your record for Purdue, I'll give my record here at the very end of this episode. But if you want to uh, go game by game and see which games I did pick for Purdue to win and lose, uh, make sure you go follow me on social media. I believe I'll post it on the Twitter as well, but then I'll have it as a graphic here on the uh, slideshow behind me. So I think this is a game that Purdue can win. As we've seen recently, they can go out there and win a game. I think both teams are going to have good quarterback play. Cade McNamara going out uh, after transferring from Michigan going to Iowa. That's a significant jump up, jump up from what they had in Spencer Petras. So definitely, um, I think this offense has a chance to improve, maybe not by a significant margin where, they're, where they were averaging, I think, below 20 points per game. I think it was around 18 to 19 points per game last season. They won a lot of games with their defense. So this is a game that's going to be another Big Ten West type battle that I think a lot of Purdue fans really, really enjoy. Long shot number two coming up. Week seven, Ohio State. I don't think we know a game time as of right now as this recording. So help Purdue fans, so help Ohio State fans. I don't know why I said Purdue fans, but. If this game is a night game, I think this is going to give off those vibes, upset vibes, especially Ohio State, I think had already would have already played Notre Dame by at this point. And if they beat the Irish, they're more than likely going to be undefeated at this point. And Purdue, you know, maybe potentially three and three at this point, trying to find its way back to a path to where bowl eligibility is. Does Ohio State have the quarterback situation figured out? I think by this time, Kyle McCord has either shown that he's the capable starter or he has shown to be, you know, maybe not the guy and maybe they've tested out Devin Brown a few times in the non-conference. I think this is where we find out 
you know, what this Purdue team is made of because you don't have to look ahead to any opponent the following week because the following week is the bye week. So you can kind of just lay it all out on the line for this game. And if it's, if it's a night game or it's a late afternoon game, I think this is, you know, when the sun is going to start going down in the second half and could be a, a crazy environment. If Purdue is able to keep up with Ohio state, because this is going to be, a prolific offense. The weapons are insane for Ohio State, as they usually are. These corners are going to be tested for Purdue. The defense is only gotten better. It did over the course of the season last year under Jim Knowles. He's now in his second year. They have a lot of guys back, uh, mainly in, in the linebacking core and up front. Um, and they have guys that are in the secondary that I still, I think, are pretty darn talented. So, difficult matchup. But you just got to have that upset mindedness that you've had the last couple of times you faced the Buckeyes. And I know last time was was a special time and you had a lot of special players. You're going to need you're going to need one of those special type games from somebody. And maybe you find that playmaker along the way in the first six weeks and they really shine against Ohio State. But it's it's definitely one of those long shot games. As I mentioned, week eight is the bye week. Then they follow up with the road trip to Nebraska. And Purdue, I believe, has won there recently as well. I think it might have been the same same season that they went out to Iowa City and won that game. Um, that season, it was the start of, of the Scott Frost era and probably the, the start of the downturn for um, for Nebraska as well. Matt Rule is the new coach there, not no longer Scott Frost. I know Purdue fans are uh, upset about that. but. It's going to be, I think, a slow turnaround for Nebraska. Um, they have Jeffrey Sims at quarterback from Georgia Tech. Is he healthy at this point? Is he a little banged up? He's got an injury history. I think that this is a game that Purdue should go out there and win this game. I don't think it's going to be a quick turnaround in Nebraska for, for Matt Rule. I think is it, Nebraska is going to be one of those teams fighting for bowl eligibility at the end. So this could be a a game that that goes either way. If if Purdue goes out there and wins this game, I think they're more than likely going to a bowl game. I think this is at the point in the season where you are either let's say 4 and 3 or 3 and 4. Maybe you get one of those long shot games. If you win this game and it gets you to 4 or 5 wins, it sets you up for being a bowl eligible team. It sets you up for a really good chance at getting to six wins and playing in December. If you don't win this game, the pressure is going to be on the drive for six is going to get very rocky and you are going to be looking for spare parts to fix whatever is wrong with the car. You're going to be asking yourself, how did we get here? Because this is the type of game that can turn your season into, hey, it's maybe not the season that we wanted, but I think we are seeing the signs and the progress under a first-year head coach. This is the type of game that I think it could be in Lincoln in week nine, off the bye week. So you hopefully you come in with a little energy. I think this is a game that Purdue has to have for this season to at least 
end up in bowl eligibility. The following week, another road trip. This time to the big house. This game is kind of in a look-ahead spot for Michigan because they go to Happy Valley the following week. So Michigan might be looking ahead slightly, might sleepwalk into this game, and Purdue might be able to jump on them early and make it a game until the very end. But this is a long shot game, third one of the season. It's going to be a difficult matchup. The defense is going to be very good. Michigan's going to run the ball like crazy, use J.J. McCarthy only when they have to. This is a game where the running game for Michigan could shine. We'll see how Purdue is, is handling uh, this this season so far. A game that I don't necessarily think that the up ch- upset chances are very high. Because even though Michigan had played Michigan State the prior week before this game, I mean, it's definitely not a letdown look-ahead type game. And as the... People on one of my favorite podcasts, the Solid Verbal, would call it a letdown look-ahead sandwich. I don't necessarily think that's the case because I think Michigan is just going to steamroll Michigan State. They're going to try to do the same. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than it will be against Michigan State. Not super high on the Spartans this year. I think that will put up a Purdue will definitely put up a better test than what Michigan State will. So. But I don't think they're necessarily going to be looking ahead to Penn State the following week. Unless Purdue puts a scare into them early on. The following week, another toss-up game. This is the part of the schedule where Purdue, if they are needing three wins to get to bowl eligibility, can get to three wins. Can get three wins. Especially the final two that we'll get to. Minnesota. They come in. Another let down look ahead type situation. This one more than the previous one. I definitely think this is a classic solid verbal let down look ahead sandwich. Because this game for Minnesota is after Illinois, which, you know, if those two teams are at the top of the Big Ten West standings could mean a lot. And then it's before Minnesota takes on Ohio State the following week. This is a classic let down look ahead sandwich, especially if Minnesota is coming off of a win over the Illini the previous week. Then I think you're definitely looking at Purdue having the advantage, especially coming off a, a game at Michigan that they more than likely are going to end up losing and are looking forward to the final two weeks of the season against opponents that they should beat and beat handily. So, This game is definitely important. The offense for Minnesota, I think, is going to look different. We'll see if they revert back to being a more ground-and-pound type team. But from what I know, I think Minnesota is going to be a team that is tilted more towards a passer-happy offense. Not, you know, tip the scales, you know, a ton where it is, you know, an air raid type offense like Purdue. But after Mo Ibrahim graduated they don't have the strong of running back core as they did last season i think their weapons 
are going to be much improved, so they're going to try to throw the ball more. And if that ends up working out, this game could be a shootout back and forth. Minnesota's defense, I think, is still going to be very good. Uh, A lot of really good uh, secondary talent coming back. So it should be an interesting game. Final week, two weeks of the season. At Northwestern, at home for the old Oaken Bucket against Indiana. Both these games categorized as must-wins. You got to win these two games, Uh, especially if you're needing to finish out the season strong, maybe headed into a bowl, um, or just trying to finish on a positive note if that is out of range and you're going in looking for that fourth and fifth win. Northwestern, who knows? To be honest with you, I I don't know how their season is going to go. They could rally after the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. Or they could just be a complete dumpster fire like they were last year. And this should be an easy double-digit win. Your guess is as good as mine. But I think this is a game that Purdue should win. I don't think it's going to be a very tough environment out there at Evanston at Ryan Field. So we shall see. The Indiana game, as a lot of people like to do, throw those records out. No matter what the situation is for each team, is Tom Allen still the coach at this point? If Indiana has another season where they're fighting for three to four wins, I don't know that he lasts until this point. Maybe this is the game that puts the nail in that coffin. I know Purdue fans and you know the Purdue fan base and those surrounding it would love love to be the ones that end Tom Allen's tenure in IU. This is a game that they could do it. Game at home. Hoosiers have a lot of question marks. I don't know that the quarterback situation is going to be super strong. Dexter Williams I don't believe is going to start the first couple of games. Uh, feels like Taven Jackson should be the starting quarterback. Uh, first year starter. Things could get rocky. I use defense was one of the worst in the country. The secondary is one of the worst in the country. Are they improved? A lot of turnover. They use the transfer portal for a lot, including their starting quarterback. So, A lot of new pieces. Can it come together? I think Tom Allen is on the hot seat going into the season, and we'll see if that thing is fully engulfed in flames by the end of the year. And Purdue is the one that puts the extinguisher on it and makes it no longer a hot seat, turns it into you're gone. So that's the 2023 schedule for Purdue. Game by game, must wins to recap real quick. Fresno State, week one, Virginia Tech, week two, Syracuse, week three. And then the final two weeks, Northwestern and IU kind of bookending it with must wins at the beginning and at the end. Toss-ups kind of sprinkled out throughout the whole entire season with Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, and Nebraska, four of them, four toss-up games that I think could go either way, a Purdue win or a Purdue loss. Long shots, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State. 
out of the three, I would say Wisconsin is probably the most comfortable that I would say upset. Followed by Ohio State because both those games are in West Lafayette, followed by Michigan. Only Michigan slightly, like a 2%, 2% chance of an upset in my mind right now is because they could be looking ahead to Penn State. I don't know that they will. We'll see. So make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast, whether you are listening on Apple, Spotify, or on the YouTube. And if you're looking at YouTube, you can see this beautiful screen behind me that has been scrolling through with social media handle graphics, logo graphics, the schedule one, which is on the screen right now. So if you've been kind of looking at that as we've been going through that and where this kind of lays out in the schedule, what day of the week and what day of the year it is. So hopefully I have some ideas to use this screen and uh, I might mull over those over the weekend and see if I can incorporate you guys with this screen. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, this has been another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network. I have been your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.